Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Back at you with some more USFL offseason coverage. Um, we have a lot to discuss today. Some shout-outs for some guys playing in the preseason and some NFL jerseys, and then obviously some USFL free agency signings, club news, and um, just overall, I guess, news around the USFL in the offseason. Um, but getting into it here, Cornerback Josh Butler, formerly a cornerback for the uh, Michigan Panthers, had an excellent performance tonight for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Well, that was on August 26th. Leading the team with six tackles and two, pla- uh, two pass deflections. Shout out to him. And then also shout out to Brandon Aubrey. He crushed a 59-yard field goal um, to win, not really to win the game. It was <laughs> kind of already won, but still very impressive to show off that leg strength. Um also, shout out to Davion Davis for an amazing high-pointed catch uh, thrown by David Blau. Kind of showcased his ability as a pass catcher. Has uh, has the ups, always has. Um, and then also shout out to EJ Perry, who had a very solid outing um, for the Texans. Um, he went 5-for-8 uh, for 46 yards with a long completion for 24 yards to uh, Xavier Hutchinson. So a good outing for EJ. Um, and then also shout out to Alex Magoo. He had a great outing for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Clifford went out with a hand injury, and then Alex Magoo came in and showcased his ability. He uh, won a game lead, uh, game-winning drive and actually threw a beautiful dime. I think it was a 50-something yard completion, 54-yard completion, but a really good throw, really good deep ball, incredible accuracy. Um, and Pierre Strong was released from the New England Patriots. So C.J. Marable is looking like he might be the running back number three. So a lot of really good news for USFL, well, excuse me, former USFL players, now NFL players. Um, But also good for the USFL, really good spotlight and uh, really good press for the league in general. I mean, they're showing that the league can produce high-quality players that can start and make an impact, not only in preseason, but potentially in regular season. We saw that with Kevontae Turpin. And now we're seeing the Dallas Cowboys utilize Brandon Aubrey as their starting kicker, their only kicker on the roster. And then multiple USFL players this year received multiple year and multi-million dollar contracts, which is kind of a first. So really cool to see, other than Cavante Turpin last year who signed his three-year deal, but he was the only one to do so out of the USFL, to my knowledge. Um, but a lot to, uh, to, to get into here. Uh, the Maulers, uh, Pittsburgh Maulers, have re-signed free safety Eli Walker, who was a playmaker for them in that defense last year. Fantastic re-signing, hard-hitting free safety, a ball hawk kind of guy. Loved watching him play in that defense. I'm glad they're bringing back a key piece um, on that side of the ball for the Pittsburgh Maulers that really do utilize their defense more than anything. They need a defense to create stops, create turnovers, and uh, score points, obviously. And they were the highest scoring overall best defense in the USFL last year. And Eli Walker was a big part of that, in my personal opinion. The Houston Gamblers uh, signed um, corner... This is free agency signings. They actually brought in two new cornerbacks, uh, Richard Bowens the third out of... Uh, uh, Jaguar Valley, excuse me if I uh, Valley State, Jaguar Valley State, and then Jai, uh, Jai Liddell out of Kentucky State, and then the Memphis Showboats signed uh, Brandon Wright, 
and Anthony Butler both re-signed to the team. Anthony Butler was a solid linebacker for the Memphis Showboats in that defense last year. And Brandon Wright is possibly the first or second best punter in the USFL. Glad to see him come back to the team. He should have probably gotten a spotlight or at least a tryout in the NFL. Really good punter. Good boot on him, if you know what I mean. Um, and then going back to the Houston Gamblers signing two new corners really shows that they're trying to, you know, build up that defense and and get it up to par and, and to pretty much be able to show some kind of production in pass coverage because they were a really good rush, like rush attack defense last year. They were really good um, getting quarterback pressures, creating that disruption in the pocket because they had a really solid front seven, good linebackers, really good, you know, defensive line. Um, but they struggled with their cornerback and their safety play. And they let up a lot of big plays in crucial times. Um, so hopefully those guys can rejuvenate that and build depth on that roster, at least that side of the ball on the roster for the Houston Gamblers. Um, shout out to anyone in Houston that is a Gamblers fan. Really cool team overall. I think they have a lot of upside. Um, they got a lot better from the first season to the second season, so we'll see what they can do uh, year three, especially with the talent they have. I hope Mark Thompson comes back. But to see them get these two new cornerbacks that might rejuvenate that defensive back um, you know, room, I think that's a good sign. Um, we have another signing here, defensive end Daniel Joseph out of NC State. He also played for the Seattle Sea Dragons in the XFL last year and was a pretty dominating force in that league. Um, obviously, he wanted to come over to a higher quality league and uh, honestly overall more talented league with better competition to showcase his ability uh, and to get that tape out there so he chose obviously the Birmingham Stallions the two-time championship team um, probably the best spring league spread probably the best spring league team that we've seen in a long time if not ever ever especially if they go for a third in a row um, but that's going to be a really nice addition for their defense especially since he's an edge rusher That'll create more pressure to the quarterback and disruption to the run game for opposing offenses. So really awesome to see the Birmingham Stallions still making crucial signings, big signings um, for both sides of the ball. Um, and then the, um, excuse me here, um, cornerback Michigan uh, for, for the Michigan Panthers, James Houston, was signed to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, so awesome signing for him. Congratulations for getting to the NFL and getting signed. Another signing was Cole Cabral out of the uh, Birmingham Stallions. He was an offensive tackle. He signed with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so really awesome to see those two guys get signed. I think we're up to 37 players or 36, one of the two uh, USFL players signed to the NFL so far. And there will be a couple more probably before the you know season kicks off. I imagine about five to six more. Um, but hopefully we'll get up to that 45, 46 mark in total. Really awesome. Just overall really good for the league to get that kind of, you know, media, you know, press. But also it shows that the USFL is capable of developing players and getting them, you know, the opportunity to, you know, get these multi-year multi and multi-million dollar contracts like uh, Jordan Ferguson, like um, Joshua Butler, like Brandon Aubrey, like Cavante Turpin, like so many of these guys that deserve it. And, you know, and, and a lot of guys won't make it through that final cut, but it's still awesome that they got a chance and they can come back to the USFL, refine their ability even more and, you know, maintain that chemistry they've had and, you know, build their game 
to a better position and you know hopefully get back into the NFL on another try. That's the beauty of it because you know if you're in shape and you know at a decent age you can still make it back into the NFL. That's the beauty of it because they will always need talent, they will always need depth players, they will always need practice squad players and you can make a living doing that. You really can. But you can also make a living in the USFL and be a you know a for sure starter, creating a legacy name for yourself. That's the one difference. Um, but uh, some guys I really wanted to talk about um, regarding um, the USFL and I guess overall the the main draw to it. And I think a lot of these players that are signing with the league, and there's been a lot of free agency signings and a lot of new additions to the league and to a lot of these clubs, and a lot of players that have come back. So it speaks wonders to the to the how the USFL is being run. It speaks wonders to the developmental and the chemistry, you know, kind of process of not only club management, coaching, and just overall league management, but it shows that they can keep guys in this league, keep guys in the building, and keep them coming to work and, you know, have them keep putting out really good ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, they can still get a really good opportunity, if not in football, maybe in coaching. If not in coaching, maybe in broadcasting you're a professional football player or a semi-pro football player in this league and you know you should be respected and honestly they are it's not a joke it's not a gimmick it's where opportunities are created and made and we're seeing that time and time again especially this offseason we saw a lot of guys get signed last offseason but not as much you know fire behind it you know what i'm saying like now it's like damn okay cuz i feel like when the USFL season 1 concluded uh, teams that signed, you know, one of those 51 guys signed or 52 guys signed, you know, they may have forgotten about them, you know, maybe they, they're bringing them back into the building, the practice squad or the scout team, but, uh, you know, I think that I'll, you know, more and more, you know, seasons into the USFL will get more and more high quality, potentially starting talent coming out of it, um, because the developmental and the coaching phases of this league will just continue to grow and get better with more funding, more time, more chemistry being put into it. And I just think that's overall just what you want and what you need. Um, and for the USFL to be able to do that and put players like Alex Magoo and Davion Davis, um, guys like that in there, you know, it's just it's awesome because they deserved it to begin with. And it showed them and, and it also may have, maybe even elevated their play. Um, but it was able to showcase their ability and showcase what they can do out there on the football field. Um, and they're finally being able to prove it, you know, time again. So really awesome overall for the USFL. Those are some recent signings, recent additions. Um, obviously a couple of the USFL guys have already gotten cut. Breland Speaks was cut from the 49ers. Nate Brooks was also cut from the 49ers. Unfortunate for them. I wish you guys the best, but I also wish you to come back to the USFL and dominate again. Um, Prove that NFL team wrong for sure. Um, And, and, you know, that's the really awesome thing about this is the reps, the invaluable reps. Game reps are so valuable for for football players because you need to perfect your craft. You need to continue to get better. But in-game is is priceless. You have to be able to do that in-game. And, the USFL isn't as highly talented as the NFL, but you're still getting in-game reps at a very high-paced, high, highly sped-up game. So you really need to be able to utilize that and kind of, you know, take advantage of the fact that if you are a, a highly touted player that could potentially get into the NFL, that you know what, maybe you should use the USFL as a catapult and, and a catalyst to that next level, uh, physically, football IQ-wise, mentally, whatever. 
whatever the whatever the journey may be. Uh, but a lot of guys in the USFL, very highly talented football players. Either way, um, but you know, with the NFL being the premier standard, it's not a bad thing to be you know in one of these leagues. You're still a highly highly talented football player. Um, and obviously very sought after for the USFL to continue to bring guys back in, go to you know colleges, have scout teams, scout you know cut players from the NFL teams and undrafted free agents. You know th- this is a league that values football. This is a league that values player development, and it shows time and time again. And I can keep talking about it over and over again, but I just think that this league is the premier spring league. I think that the XFL, FCF, AFL. CFL, none of those even compare to this league based on the fact of what this league has been able to accomplish in two seasons. And I think it's really going to get better. I, I really do. I have high hopes for this league, and I, I think that in general, uh, we should be hoping for an even higher amount of players signed next offseason, but as well as potentially growth for the league, growth of the market for spring football will be bigger. Hopefully the audience on TV and in live like person will be bigger. I just think overall this league has gotten a lot of really good publicity in the past couple weeks, especially with these offseason moves, players getting signed, uh, more USFL league news, activity in LA, um, you know discussions on home markets. I just think that there's nothing more to be excited about. You know, like they they they're giving the fans everything that they want. Like, you know what you're getting with the USFL. It is a certifiable product and is a high-quality product, in my personal opinion. Um, But I guess we'll move into the final topic of discussion for this episode. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, like I touched up on briefly was that there's plenty of re-signings for the league. I'm I'm talking about all teams. You listen to any of my uh, episodes on the USFL offseason coverage, uh, there's tons of signings in each episode that I'm discussing. It really shows the popularity of the league rising. It shows that the continuity of players and coaches and overall the league in general uh, is definitely there. It's thriving. This is a league that actually does have a union for its players when the XFL does not. This is a league that it actually does care about your opportunities, your your abilities, your development. And I think it shows, especially during the season, because of how uber competitive it is, even though it's not... You know, it's not some high-class, you know, Super Bowl in the NFL. In the NFL, but it is very competitive. People trying to win, and I think that that's also an enjoyable aspect of the USFL as well, because they'll do anything to win. They really will. Hard hits, you know, fucking trick plays, relying on your kicker to score every point for you in a game. Literally anything to win. You know, it's it's like a scrappy backyard football game, but you know, with really awesome uniforms and. You know, obviously, if you had a shit ton of friends that could play 11 on 11, that's what it would look like type shit. But um, it's obviously more, you know, talented than that. I'm just kind of making a little joke. But um, I am excited to see what Season 3 is going to bring. And um, honestly, the USFL offseason, it's got a long way to go. So these episodes will probably start kind of spacing out a little bit, mainly because the, the news will stop kind of hindering in. Other than league news and maybe some club news, maybe head coaching changes and obviously free agency signings um, and re-signings, but um, that's all stuff that can be, you know, I can notate, collect up, and then do like one episode a month type shit until the season starts back up again, just so that I can start focusing more on the NFL, Premier League, we can start focusing more on that content, 
and uh, we're not forcing the USFL down everyone, anyone's throat or anything. Um, it's that th- there's just definitely a lot of content to discuss, mainly because of obviously the free agency signings, the the players from the USFL playing in the NFL preseason, and any uh, of the U- if any USFL player actually does play in the regular season, um, we'll definitely be talking about it for sure. Definitely be analyzing that, shouting the chap out, and talking about it in a USFL or an NFL episode for sure. But I think overall, I think what I really wanted to kind of end the episode on was talking about Alex Magoo a little bit more in depth. I really loved how he came on and showcased his ability to remain clutch, maintain really solid accuracy, but he also showed really good velocity on the ball. Um, I think that he has a better arm than Clifford, in my personal opinion, a bigger arm, better motion. Um... I would like to see him use his legs a little more, but obviously it was preseason. He didn't get many snaps, but he did get in there in the last game. Um, decent amount. He won that won that game on his game-winning drive. Um, I think he was like 4 for 5 or something for like 54 yards. Um, really awesome to see that, especially out of the two-time USFL championship uh, winner and as well as the USFL uh, MVP. So just overall, like really cool to see him out there, especially at the quarterback position. It's such a difficult position to compete in because there's a lot of guys that are so much better at, you know, many different things. Um, but Alex Magoo is still out there competing, still trying to make a name for himself, and he didn't. He couldn't have ended up at a you know a better situation in Green Bay. Really good coaching. He'll develop very well there. So if he does decide to come back to the Stallions in the springtime, you know he might look like a completely different guy. And you know what? Maybe he goes to the Breakers and creates the he makes the rivalry between the Breakers and the Birmingham Stallions even even bigger. The New Orleans Breakers and the Birmingham Stallions, those two teams do not like each other. The Breakers have only beat them one time in two seasons. So that's definitely something to discuss and think about, you know. But um, I, I am excited for Season 3 of the USFL overall. I'm excited for what it's going to bring talent-wise, quality-wise, production-wise. Just overall getting the game to us during a time where it's normally not on. Um, And just overall, I'm just incredibly excited for the fact that some of these players are going to be returning. Most of them will be returning. So the legacy names are going to actually start being made, especially after a third season. Um, I talked about it enough already, but Darius Victor and his two-year contract also low-key confirm a season four. So I'm really excited to see if they're actually going to start upping contracts and upping, you know, longevities of contracts and maybe even, you know, talk about maybe some league news like regarding home markets and maybe an expansion here pretty soon. But that'll all definitely be, you know, hopefully news we'll hear about relatively soon regarding at least the home markets. Um, and when that does happen, I will have an entire video or not a video, but a podcast uh, dedicated to that discussion because it will be a lengthy one. Because that's the one drawback of the league is that it's not entirely in each home market. Um, there, it is still a hub system, but most of the northern teams do play, um, you know, kind of relatively in their area at least, besides Philly and Pittsburgh. But uh, Michigan plays in, you know, the Panthers play in Detroit, Ford Field, obviously. Um, Birmingham plays in Birmingham. You know, New Orleans plays in Birmingham. Memphis plays in Memphis. Houston plays in Memphis. Um, Canton is used by the Maulers and the um, Stars, and then Detroit is, uh, Ford Field is also shared by the uh, Generals. No, the Generals and the Maulers use Canton, and the Stars were sharing 
Ford Field with the Panthers. So that's something that they hopefully will change because in year one, it was literally only one stadium. So it did go from one to four. Um, so that's a good sign. So hopefully we'll get, uh, you know, maybe two or, you know, hopefully all teams in respective home markets. And that'll definitely be, like I said, a news update probably down the line. So make sure you're staying tuned in for uh, Tea Time Reports coverage on the USFL's offseason. And make sure you're following us on all of our social media networks, um, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, threads, at Tea Time Reports. Any support is greatly appreciated. Uh, the follows help us out. You know, if you like any of our posts or anything like that, make sure you comment. Get a little interactive. We greatly appreciate that. Um, and then shout out to anyone that's been putting work in for the podcast. You know who you are. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. And anyways, thank you guys so much for tuning into this USFL offseason coverage episode. This is Trevor signing out. Take care.